कृष्ण गुरुदेव पतित भगवान की जय श्रीमन महापुरुष की जय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय श्री श्री दौ जी गोपाल की जय घोर भक्तवृंद की जय घोर प्रमान सो हियर वी आर अगेन टू डेज मिस्टरी सेपरेशन इन वन सेंस ऑफ द टॉपिक one sense <laughs> hopefully I'm returning to to our discussion on the preach and mastami kata if you will <laughs> so as we did the other day we will make some brief summary of what we saw the previous uh, talk and also in between I, I i spoke with guru marash about this question that was un, un, unanswered regarding the specifics of Parikshit Maharaj, the ultimate identity. Do you remember? This was presented by um, Raj Sundari. She, she's not there now, but we can extend to her the answer later. So I want to share some words he shared to me about, with me about Parikshit Maharaj. Regarding, I mean, we have a general idea of Dasya Rasa and some mixture of Vaidhi was there. So he's not a Gopi of Raj, that's for sure. <laughs> So in the specifics, he Guru Maharaj went to the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu description of of, of Dasya Bhakti, you know, which is quite interesting and complex, many divisions and sub subdivisions there. So he mentioned that there are four types of Sambram Priti, which is one variety of Dasya Bhakti. On one side, there is one called Gaurak Priti, and it's a different type of, of Dasya Rasa. Sorry. That is mainly uh, that mainly includes Krishna's sons in Dwarka. So now we are going to another type of priti called some Brahma priti. The Rajasundari arrived. <laughs> I've given some answer of Guru Maharaj regarding the question of Pariksit Maharaj's identity. So there are four types according to Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, four types of some Brahma priti, this division of Dasya Rati, Dasya Rasa, sorry. And uh, these are Adikrita, Asrita, Parishad, and Anuga. And among them are further, like, subdivisions and so on. So the Anugas, the fourth of these four groups, are the Dasya Bhaktas of Braj, who attain up to Rag. Rag, this is the stage that Kurnaj was speaking these days. Uh, at which time their Dasya is touched by Sakya the servants of Braj, Raktak, Patrak, these ones. The Dasyas of Dwarka are called Parishats. This is another of this form, the four, sorry, divisions. And Parikshit is amongst them. And also some logic to conclude in this way is that uh, the Pandavas are eternal associates also of Krishna, and Parikshit is, is their grandson. So he, well, you know, he had directly darshan of Krishna, so most probably he's part of the Pandavas eternal lila with Krishna, which is in this case in Dwarka. So Parikshit's Dasya also reaches the stage of Rag, but there is no mention of it being touched by Sakya. Rag turns sorrow into joy. This was what Guru Maharaj was speaking the other day when giving the example of Arjuna's, no? putting his chest to receive the arrows that were directed by Ashwatam to Krishna and, and that like sorrowful situation for Arjuna was just a, a great moment of joy having the chance of offering such sacrifice so Rag, this stage of development of Prem turns uh, sorrow into joy so in this case besides the example of Arjuna Pariksh's uh, sorrow Fast, the sorrow of Pariksh's fasting, this is the idea, was turned into joy by his remembrance of Krishna. We spoke about that the first day. No? He was fasting and not sleeping and all these things, but that became his own nurturing, no? because he received another type of nourishment. So Parikshit, Udal, and Daruka are exceptional personalities among the Parishads, this group that Pariksit belongs to. So that's the answer Guru Maharaj gave me. So Pariksit Maharaj residing eternally in, in Golok 
Dwarka. No, because we have three subdivisions of Golok Dwarka, Mathura, and Brindavan. So it's Golok Brindavan, but Golok, Golok Mathura, Golok Dwarka. So Parikshit is there with the Pandavas serving the Nitali leather. So, first, I wanted to answer that question. And so, before starting with today's topic, we make a brief, maybe not so brief, but summary, maybe not so summarized, but whatever the topic takes us regarding what we saw last. And meeting that talk was on Friday. Yeah. So, well, we were speaking about how Krishna's birth was uh, a very divine uh, event. No, we quote this famous sloka from Bhagavad Gita, Janma Karma to Medivyan. Krishna himself saying, My Janma, my birth is Divya. My karma is Divya. No? So it's not karma as you think, as we generally think of, it's Lila, it's a type of action, but in the context of of spontaneous love expressions, sort of shakti, so my janma is part of that as well, basically, no? So after sharing some words about this more philosophical, if you will, section, we spoke about, and we entered the narrative of <coughs> the earth going to Brahma in the form of a cow, Bhumi, and being afflicted by this Hippo- hip- hypocritical hypocritical persons oh, hypocrites. <laughs> hypocrites okay especially it's mentioned rulers and you know, like corrupt uh, people who are direct in society but that applies to any hypocrite it's, it's not that I'm not president of the state so I can be a hy- hypocrite no problem earth won't feel so much the, the burden <laughs> no. So, and this is what the Bhagavad also says, especially in Kali Yuga. Remember, here the, the context is Kali Yuga is just blossoming. <laughs> so, Bhagavatam says Kali Yuga, the, the, the so called kings will be actually plunderers. So, that's the, the standard everywhere. Politicians mean plunderer. So, that's created a big burden from Mother Earth. So, Bhumi is going to Brahma to ask some relief, that of course this relief will be presented not by Brahma but by God himself as one of the functions for his avatar, for his descent Dharma Samsta Panartaya Anparitanaya Sadunam Vinasaya Chaduskritam getting rid of the demonic hypo- hypocrites people also establishing real Dharma <coughs> so uh, they went, she goes to Brahma Brahma takes some other uh, group of devas they want to the shores of the milk ocean, well, they didn't got to see Vishnu. They didn't got to enter into Swetadweep. Swetadweep is mentioned this island where Vishnu resides, that is surrounded by the milk ocean. As Gurman said, this milk implies uh, affection. No? Milk implies affection, and, and, and God lives surrounded by an ocean of affection, and an island between that. <laughs> So Brahman the Devas, as we say, did not have the, if you will, the Adhikar to go to the Swetadweep, this island, but just on the shore of the milk ocean. They did not see Bhagavan, but they only, Brahma, in meditation, he heard the answer to his presentation. He was reciting some prayers before, of course. It's mentioned by the commentaries. He recited the famous Purusha Sukta prayers. That's the mood of Brahm, of course, presenting in that sense. So eventually, Bhagavan answers on uh, four mentions. No. Well, he mentions he will. He's about to go to, to descend to come and make, says to the devas, "You should also go there. You should take appropriate human forms to be there." And in the lila and everything that will take place and, and, and like this, no? so that was first part of our depiction. From there we went to uh, Devaki's uh, happy marriage. At least the first day, on the second day, Kamsa was carrying her sister. That is strictly speaking, Devaki's Kamsa's cousin. Cousin is in female also in English. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was not her sister, but a strict because. Who is Devaki's father? Devaka. Who is Kamsa's father? Ugrasan. But in in this in Indian tradition, sometimes cousins are also called like sisters. No? So in this case, it's always say, like sister, but in the 
commentaries, it is made clear it's a castle. So he was taking the reins rain, of the horse, like this, everything very nice. We, we, we tried to contrast, again, this helps a lot to, to bring the proper vow to the situation. The contrast of the happy celebration, everyone throwing flowers, big celebration, even comes smiling, enjoying, and suddenly this, like, ethereal voice comes from the sky, which, you know, were the devas, and trying to put some dynamic into the descent of Bhagavan, <laughs> and saying that the eighth son of Devaki will kill him, so she tries, he tries to kill her immediately, this is the force of material so-called affection. Today I love you, but if something is gets in the way of what I want, give me your head, please. <laughs> no? So, well, Basudev at that point, he tries to stop Kamsa by different strategies, Samu, Dhamma, the different techniques of con- conciliation, you say, or whatever, Stra- Tarka, logic, philosophy, but at the end he uh, took the shelter into the argument of his own actually, not argument, but his own example, his own child. I promise you I will bring you every single child that the Baki will have and you do whatever you like with them. So, at that point he became peaceful. <coughs> that also Acharya mentioned, before giving that, you remember, Basude was saying given a whole long philosophical discourse, very much in the line of Bhagavad Gita, we are not this body, we will actually be even, as Krishna said to Arjuna, okay, you are so concerned about someone being killed, but actually, I mean, if you think that you will be killed or someone will be killed, no one is killed, the soul is eternal. But even if you want to dismiss that philosophy and think everyone will die, everything dies, so you you don't have any, any reason for lamenting either. So the point was, you shouldn't be lamenting. If you believe this, or if you believe that. So the Charya say Basudev first gave this philosophical, like, preliminary presentation. Because after this will come more deeper Harikata. So in order to enter deeper Harikata, first this basic philosophy should be in place. So Basudev was given that. For us. <laughs> also for Kamsa, but for us. Like. So well, after that, you know, Kamsa becomes, uh, how do you say, appeased? No. Pacify, yeah. Ambassador is bringing one after the other, first child, second child. Devaki was having one after the other each year. But again, eventually the the devas wanted to put more dynamic to the whole lila, so they send Narad Muni, who starts to to speak. You remember, to Kamsa puts this eight sweets in circle and say, well, which is the eight here? <laughs> who could be the first, the second? And with that, Kamsa becomes dry, becomes mad again, and puts Basudev and Devak in jail, puts his own father in jail, Ugrasen. Try to imagine the dimension of madness, of fear. Again, Kamsa was the personification of fear. So, okay, Krishna, maybe before I will put Devak in jail, well, I will put my father in jail. Who knows why? But <laughs> maybe he, no, fear, fear. No, there's a point in fear that you start like to. Everyone is like. Possible threats to to whatever I, I, I want you know, in life, <laughs> some type of delusional disorder, no, no doubt. But this can, potential is there for that. So well, eventually, you know, Kamsa goes, put all of them in jail, and takes the first six sons, children of Devaki, and kills one of all of them, one after another, in the in front of their own mother. So you can try again to imagine the situation is like too much. <laughs> so we spoke a little bit about the background of, of those children but I will expand a little bit more now I mentioned them because the Bhagavad only mentions them as sons of Kalanemi who was the son of Iranya Kashipu but in a previous birth they were the sons of Marichi Marichi was like a mental son of Brahma so these six chi- children were sons of Marichi and it is said that they were cursed by Brahma, because when Brahma wanted to, was like after Saraswati, you know, this story, no? uh, and these six sons like, like well, like, j- joked, no, joked, no, like, like they say, what are you doing? No, like, they didn't glorify him, basically, <laughs> and they started to criticize him, so this was not, in a funny way, sarcastically, if you will, so for Brahma, this was not 
interesting. So he cursed them. He said, you will be born uh, from a womb of demonic family. So these, these six sons of Marici are in the next birth, born, born as the six sons of Kalanemi, who, are, who is the son of Uraniakashipu. Yeah? So these six are the, the grandsons of Uraniakashipu. And these six sons start to perform tapasya, following the lead of his father <laughs> at one point. Um, not Iranyakasipu, but Kalanemi. He also was a demonic tapasvi, if you will. But Iranyakasipu didn't like that they performed this tapasya in the sense that he considered you are performing tapasya in an independent way. You didn't ask me permission. Because remember, Iranyakasipu was... He believed he was... I don't know, Bhagavan. <laughs> and so everyone has to ask permission before doing anything. <laughs> so his grandsons perform tapasya without be- begging blessing from him. So I curse you. <laughs> and which is the curse? Because you started this tapasya and your father gave permission to that in your next birth. Your father will kill you. <laughs> so in the next no? uh, birth, these six sons are born like children of the Baki, and their father is Kamsa. And Kamsa kills them. See, you follow the... Well, but there is something else. There is a happy end to the story also. <laughs> so they, in the Hari Bamsa, this is mentioned. And after that, after being killed like this, they go to Sutala Loka. But after, in chapter 85, I think, of the 10th canto, Christian Balaran go to Sutala Loka. And they found there this six children of the Baki because she asked them go and bring them and eventually they are sent to Vaikuntha so happy end to the whole the whole story no? sorry no I mean, uh, like you mean Kamsa was their father in the previous life but not in that life not the father the grandfather ah Kamsa Kamsa sorry mm-hmm. no no yeah, I went to Iran because you yeah, yeah. The, the 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 curse was your father in this lifetime will kill you in your next lifetime. Not as your father, but he will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Particular curse. <laughs> so, so this is Kamsa, as we were saying. No, Kamsa sometimes represents this idea of of fear. Actually, the very word Kamsa may, comes from one verbal root called Kasi, which has to do, which sometimes translated as destroyer, no? or one who kills happiness. Acharyas translate. Sometimes this is translated as time factor. Who kills happiness. For the ones who, be ha- who want to be happy in the context of material time. As Guru Mahas was explained the other day, Ajurharati Vaipunsam Dhyanastanjayam. Sun comes every day, as beautiful as it is, but it's saying to you, Ajurharati, <laughs> I'm killing you, I'm taking your life every single second. So Kamsa literally means destroyer and in one sense represents this time factor that creates so much fear, if you will. It's connected to the fear. No? So, and, and interestingly, in, in, in his previous life, Kamsa was this Kala Nemi. So Kala Nemi. Nemi means like will. So will of time. No? So it's connected. No? Kamsa destroyer, destroyer of happiness time, the will of time here. No, and as Guru Mahesh was explaining the other day, Devaki, on the other side, she represents like Bhakti, no, giving, giving birth to Krishna, if you will. And, and uh, being healthily fearful of Kamsa. No? Actually, Kamsa is the very personification of fear. The Bhagavatam eventually says that Kamsa tanked Krishna by fear. No? Seventh canto. Of course, a type of attainment. No, do not take that as your daily sadhana, please. <laughs> but Bhagavatam said, Bhayat Kamsa. No, Kamsa attained Krishna by fear. Different examples of how different people attained Krishna. And Kamsa is one of them. A particular type of attainment that is not very interesting to us, basically. But the point is that the fear for material, uh, how do you say, fear for material existence removes the, the, the desire to enjoy material existence. For a, for a practitioner, once this was asked to Srila Prabhupada, what should we do with fear? That we sh- you should fear Maya. In a healthy way, not neurotic way, but you should fear the point is the consequences on, of embracing illusion. No? So, in this sense, 
this is the parallel made with 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 the bhakti. No, she's the personification of bhakti, and bhakti or the one who's practicing bhakti is in a healthy way, fearing no? this possibility of what may happen if I embrace. If I, I become victim of time, comes. No? This is the connection, basically. No? So this is what we say spoke a little bit last class. Some extra details about camps and kinds of things. So this is mainly all what I, we have spoken till now is till first chapter of tenth canto of the Bhagavad. So now we will go to the second chapter. Since the third chapter starts to speak about Krishna's being born, so we are still on the how do you say upcoming uh, events to that. So we will today speak a little bit more about what's going on here in in Matura and tomorrow I think we will go to the parallel events that are going on in Brindavan with Krishna's being born there. Just all this pregnancy and all this. Today we'll stack a little bit more in Matura. So <coughs> so after this last thing that that Kamsa put in jail his Devaki, Vasudev, Ugrasen, Kamsa became totally like uh, paranoid and he started like to uh, run after all different uh, jadus and family members connected to Vasudev and everyone trying to kill all of them. So many of them tried to, had to disappear from Mathura and to hide themselves in different like neighborhood or even far more far than that other villages incognito no? like they were dressing with the local clothes of the other villages and putting some I don't know extra moustache here <laughs> no. I think everyone had moustache so some of them shaved the moustache actually <laughs> unlike this no? they are trying like to just remain incognito because they knew Kams is sending himself and his all the other asuras the Bhagavatam mentions he had the whole Retinue is we say of, of demons and all of these are mentioned the ones will that will appear after to try to kill Krishna, you know, Agasur, Trinavarta, and all of them are mentioned from the very beginning here. So all of these members of the Yadu dynasty hide hide themselves in this way, and some others became like part of like servants of Kamsa also. The ones who did not escape. One of the example is Akrura. But some of them took that position because they really were eager to see Krishna very soon. So they knew by being here, some form or other, I will be able to see the Lord instead of uh, escape to some other village and I disappear from. So Akura took that position in particular. Great devotee. We shouldn't misunderstand his position, especially as he's been sent by Kansa to take Krishna out and bring down all those chapters. So after this, in this second chapter, the appearance of, uh, before the prediction of the appearance of Krishna, it is mentioned about the appearance of Balaram, as we spoke the other day in Balade Purnima. In terms of this, uh, the Bhagavatam expresses saying the appearance of Ananta. Because again, from the Bhakti's womb, Ananta is there. Baladev is in Vrindavan, if you will. So... Ananta is coming there, and Bhagavata saying this Ananta, who appeared in the Bhakti's womb as the seventh child, creates what's called Harsa Soka. Harsa Soka. It's like the, the same name that of the son of Ambarish Maharaj. You know the story, I don't want to. <laughs> he wanted the son, he wanted the son, but he was not destined to have a son. But he was so much insisted that, okay, and Girimuni gave some blessing, you have a son, but it was called Harsa Soka. means he will give you distress, harsa, and soka, happiness. Yeah. Soka is happiness. Yeah. Harsa. Oh, uh, the opposite. Sorry. Harsa, soka. Because soka is happiness, but soka is, is, is distress. Yeah. But harsa is like like joy, oh. some form of joy. And Ambarish Maharaj, one minute ago to that story, huh? Ambarish Maharaj was like, yes, happy, no, okay, yeah, I want the son, no problem. He will give me distress. Well, every children give distress. He may be a little naughty, what to do, but I will have my son. But you know the story, he was so attached to his son that he had like, I think, 
100 queens or more than that even but he was so attached to the queen that gave that son to him no? so was that number uh, I, I make some story Chitra Ketumara. Thanks so much. Excuse me. I made totally. I send you to I, to different conflicting <laughs> chapters of the Bhagavad Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Chitra Ketumara. So the yeah, Ambarishmara different case. <laughs> so well, basically Chitra Ketumara. Now understand what you are. I, I thought you are following the stories. Uh, you are saying like, what are you saying? <laughs> So basically he was so attached to this particular queen, he gave extra attention to her, to the child, and the other queens became jealous and totally poisoned. So that poison they had externalized itself in the form of poison they gave to the child. So the child died very quickly, and a whole bunch of... He came back to life, he instructed Chitraketu, he became enlightened. So he became cursed by poverty, he became Britasura, so many other nice things there. <laughs> but so here also, no, when Devaki heard about this, no, knew no, Harsasoka. Affliction, happiness and, and affliction because you knew oh Ananta is here, no? An expansion of the Lord in my womb. I'm so happy. But also in his in her motherly affection he felt, Oh but Kamsa is just waiting for that seventh child to go out and who knows what he will do. So he was she was experiencing some like mixed feelings in this regard. No? And after this it is mentioned in the Bhagavatam that Bhagavan orders Yoga Maya to go to Brindavan to Braj, to be born there. You know Yoga Maya is born with along with Yashodananda and Krishna. So here it starts the story to to express in a parallel way what's going on in Mathura and what's going, what starts to go on in, in, in Braj. So it is said that, of course, Yoga Maya had been always present in Vrindavan. And the scriptures say Yoga Maya exists in two ways, like in a pers- perceptible, perceivable, yeah? <laughs> perceivable form and in uh, unmanifest expression. So, of course, this Yoga Maya takes different forms. Subhadra will be one. But also, we have Purnamasi, another topic, Yoga Maya, Devi Kijai. So, as we spoke the other day in Balade Purnima, Vasudev realizes Rohini is pregnant for three months, so she send, she's sending her to, to Vrindam. Yes. <laughs> Help me, please. <laughs> So she goes, the Bhagavatam says she's going by horse there. So she arrived there, but secretly. Because again, she was, everything was very, 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 everyone was very careful, of, afraid of, of Kamsa. So eventually, when the seventh child is born, as we spoke the other day, Baladev Purnima, Baladev, uh, he's transferred. Not this transferred comes because of this, the name is there, Sankarshan, which means the one who is like attracted fully attracted Karsana, a Karsana. So who is transferred from one place to the other, from one womb to the other, basically. From Devaki's womb, actually Anantas being there, to Rohini's womb, actually Balaram being born from Rohini's womb, her eternal his eternal mother. So <coughs> what else is saying here? Mm. This is what Bhishwanachakavarti Tagore says in his comment. After establishing Sesh, his Amsa, there, as my bed and seat, he decided to go to the womb of his own mother. No? So, like he appeared in his expansion in, in Matra only to the, for the sake of rendering service as Ananta, who spoke the other day. No? Like being bed, being umbrella for Vasudev Krishna, who was going to appear at that same womb. No? He created like the proper. Uh, resting place, whatever, and he entered it in the womb. He manifested in the womb of his real mother. As we gave also this parallel that Vishwanachakarati Thakur also makes, when uh, when Krishna appears, and Guru Mahesh mentioned this, what's the meaning of Sri Krishna's Janmastami, some symbolic meaning there? Diksha. Diksha, okay. So the imparting of Vigyan. No? 
by Guru to, to disciples. So, before Krishna being born, also, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur takes the idea with its, to its fullest implication. Diksha, because we say Diksha, huh? but what's Diksha? We receive, yeah. But also, my point is, sometimes we may conceive Diksha as some moment in history. No? Like, that day, that time, I received Diksha. So, I already have Diksha. What's next? <laughs> next is that you properly discover all the implications of Diksha, and through your own practice you unfold the meaning, the contents of Diksha. Mahaprabhu says in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Diksha Kale, Bhakta Kale, Atma Samarpana. And more things. It's Krishna. Diksha means that, according to Mahaprabhu at least. <laughs> Yesterday we spoke about Mahaprabhu's conception of the holy name. He's black like a Tamil tree, he's drinking milk from Jasoda's breast. That's Riyarinam for me, he said. <laughs> so now from Mahaprabhu, what's Diksha? Harinam is that. Now Diksha will go to the next step. <laughs> First and second initiation, as some call it. Diksha from Abhru, Diksha Kali, at the moment of Diksha, he says, Bhakta Kali Atma Samarpana. At that moment, when the devotee makes of himself a full offering to Bhagavan. So you hear, oh, that's Diksha. So I never received Diksha yet. <laughs> or maybe I received, but I'm not properly digesting the, the food that has been given, given to me, the medicine even. No? So for Mahaprabhu, Diksha implies, the full implication of Diksha is Atma Samarpana. That's a very nice expression. Atma, yourself, Sama Arpana. Arpana means offering. And Sama means full. So when you make of yourself a full offering to Bhagavan, that's Diksha time. <laughs> So you receive Diksha, so you eventually get to make that offering. In the beginning, we offer so many things, but gradually we understand, oh, actually I am the real offering here. <laughs> so, yeah, Bhakti doesn't have to do with doing something and offering that to Krishna, but has to do to offering yourself to Krishna and doing something. <laughs> no? That's it, the difference, basically. No? In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna makes this point very clear. He says, on one side, he says, um, Krishna says, whatever you, you do, whatever you eat, whatever you offer, huh? whatever tapasya you perform, do it as an offering to me. But one verse before... Huh? You may, think, you may think the previous verse is low, lower, but it's the opposite in this case. Krishna says the famous verse, Patram Pushpam Falantoyam Jomi Bhaktiya Prayachati Tadaham Bhakti Upaharitam Ashnami Pradatatmana So there Krishna says, flower, fruit, water, leaf, doesn't matter. <laughs> but two times in the verse says, Bhakti Bhakti. <laughs> so that's the some literal translation of the verse. <laughs> flower, flower, fruit, water, leaf, it doesn't matter. But, bhakti, bhakti. <laughs> so, I want your bhakti. No, that's it. I, I'm, the, the point is, I want yourself as an offering. And the accompanying elements, well, it can be fruit, flower, that's not the main thing. The main thing is your heart in the offering. That's what makes my stomach start to like Make some noise, I'm hungry. Krishna's diet is based on bhakti. Not that preparation, such preparation, like this. So that, that I remember in Argentina once when I... Me and some of the devotees like, stopped taking like milk products from non-protected cows, basically. As a personal choice, not something imposed to everyone. But some started like to... Like to complain. But Maharaj, Krishna loves milk products. That's his favorite food. And we say, no, Krishna's favorite food is bhakti. <laughs> no? And actually, that was an excuse. No, he loves milk products. And 
she, they were saying, I love this brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, Krishna's diet is based on bhakti. <laughs> so that's the main point there. No? So, so for Mahaprabhu, diksha means this. No? You have to fully offer yourself. Of course, again, not a neurotic thing, but diksha, we, we receive diksha. That's called initiation. But that was not all regarding initiation. That only, was only the initiation of the initiation. The beginning of initiation. <laughs> so we should conceive diksha as a process, not as a moment. That I received that, it's already there, what's next? No, it's a process. So now, in this official moment, I receive mantra, the process is beginning, to unfold. <laughs> so in this way, uh, the example of Baladev's appearing is this idea of, okay, Krishna's birth represents Diksha, but full implication of Diksha is Krishna Pram. <laughs> so Krishna's birth is Krishna Pram. So before that, Baladev, Guru Tattva, and the Guru is the one who is giving Bhaktilata Beach. So this also is the, the meaning, symbolic, if you will, meaning there. Balaram appears first. Guru Tato has to be in place in order for Krishna Prem to appear there eventually. So as we mentioned also the other day, uh, three main names are mentioned there for Baladev, Baladev in the Bhagavatam, Sankarshan, the one who is very expert in, who is being tr- attracted from one womb to the other, but who also is expert in attracting everyone to the service of Krishna. That's the function of three gurus engage everyone in seva. <coughs> we also made the con- this connection between karshan and akarshan, no? the attraction power and also the karshana which mean, would meant cultivating, no? the plow function. So guru is making the ground prepared for sowing the seeds of bhakti there. Also, another name he received was, you remember, there were three names mentioned in the Bhagavad Sankarshan, Ram, Ram, which means he has a big ability to please. Uh, and, and as we spoke, no? Balanam is so much engaged in so many fields of service. And service means give pleasure. No? The official description of Seba, because we say service, and we have to be careful what, what's our conception of service. Because you have health service, social service, military service, but we are specific, interested in a very particular form of service, even a very particular form of devotional service, because so many ideas of bhakti are there in the marketplace. You know? so ours is a very particular type of bhakti called Uttam Bhakti. Yesterday was some question about that, Gyan Prayasuda, you know, and a very particular type of offering of service, seva. And seva means, uh, I give pleasure, that that you do, which gives pleasure to the object of your affection. I think that's a very much nicer way of translating seva, just saying service. Of course, for practical reasons, sometimes you won't be expressing yourself. Okay, I go to the kitchen to give pleasure to the object of my affection. But when you say to do service, the implication should be there. <laughs> what does it mean to do service? Not just some physical action, not just even some detachment from the fruit of my activity, but positive content is there. I'll try to give pleasure to the object of my affection. Krishna, Guru, Vaishnavas, we have so many expressions of seva, Guru seva, Hari seva, Hari bhajan, Sadhu seva. So, Ram, name of Balaram, Baladev, Guru Tattva personified. So, such an ability to please everyone. Especially this one, actually, all the inhabitants of Gokul. And of course, what will please them? <laughs> you know, they won't be pleased by anything apart from pleasing Krishna. So, Balaram is so pleasing to Krishna, multi- dimensional ways. And third name is Bala No. Balavadra. Balavadra. Yeah. It's of course again many many Bala's names there are speaking about Balaram's 
strength. As we spoke, the strength to do what's correct. That's the joy he experiences. And Bala, Bala Bhadra, particularly, Bhadra means like, like gentle, something like this. So Bala Bhadra means like, like gentleman in strength. <laughs> because you can show your strength in a very ungentle way also. There are many unbecoming ways to be strong in this world. <laughs> but Baladev, Baladev represent, represented also in Sri Guru, shows the proper expression of strength. Strength in faith, in knowledge, in giving pleasure, in, show, in, in attracting everyone to service. All this, you require some power to do that on a like daily basis. <laughs> so this is Balabhadra, gentleman in strength. <laughs> so well, after this uh, mention of Baladev's birth, again the topic goes to Yoga Maya. <clears throat> so Krishna is mentioning to Yoga Maya. Uh, you will appear hmm, after I appear hmm, because Krishna is the eighth son but again you know this the story he will be taken from the Bhakti's womb in that expansion to I mean from out the Bhakti's womb from Mathura to Vrindavan but the, 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 the lady the girl will come back from Vrindavan and will seem to be the the how do you call the eighth uh, child of Devaki? So what's going on there? <laughs> so the point is that Yogamaya is actually born in Vrindavan, along with Krishna in Vrindavan, as we will see not today mainly, but next class. <clears throat> so that yes, immediately Krishna appears. Yogamaya has to be there you know, to make all the proper arrangements to Krishna to be Krishna and to do what Krishna does. I mean. Without Yoga Maya, there is no movement for Krishna. <laughs> She's orchestrating everything there. So, um, and also in, in these words that Bhagavan says to Sri to Yoga Maya when she send, he's sending her to 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 Vrindavan, says, "Jashoda will uh, will love you, but not as a, as, a, as as her child. Like saying, like implying, you will be born from Jashoda." But immediately you will be taken to some uh, some other place, so there will be no dynamics of daughter and, and mother, basically. No? <coughs> Interestingly, some other name for some other meaning for the name Devaki is Jasoda. So sometimes you you can chant Devaki Nandan. It also means Jasoda Nandan. This is explained, I think, by Vasila Jiva Goswami in his commentary to the Bhagavad. Here we are dealing with Krishna's being Devaki son. Jasoda's son and of course we know there is one expansion there is the original one but also we can say he's Devaki's son in the full sense of the term because Devaki is another name for Jasoda as well so Devaki Nandan Sri Krishna <laughs> so this is what he mentions to Yoga Maya you will be born from Jasoda but no one will notice that no, anyone, no one in Vrindavan knows no. Yoga Maya, Subhadra eventually is Jasoda's daughter. So um, she, he mentions to her, "You will be known in the world with so many names, and many people will worship you. Mainly saktas. He's speaking to them. Mainly they will worship not so much Yoga Maya, but the other expression of her Mahamaya. As we spoke the other day, and, and he mentioned this list of names through which her will." Uh, he, she will be worshipped no? like Kali, Durga which originally all, all the names of the Devis if you will, Kali or whatever other Devi are originally first and foremost a name of Sri Radha no? who is the original Lakshmi even uh, in the Bhagavatam eventually it will be said when Krishna was born in Nanda's house that place became a playground for the goddess of fortune. And really one may interpret, oh, nothing was lacking there. No? They have enough cows, enough wealth, no? because Nanda was always given so much wealth. We will hear about that in Nandotsa. So much big... Well, we, we read that yesterday also in Gopal Shampoo. No? Such huge, profuse charity. So we say, oh yes, of course, Lakshmi Devi is a residing goddess taking care of the place, nothing is ever missing, but in a deepest way, Lakshmi implies Sri Radha, 
Brahma Sankita says this Lakshmi Sahasra Satasamam Sambrama Vichebhyabhanam Kubindamadi Purushan In Golok he is worshipped by hundreds of Lakshmi so which Lakshmis are those? The real goddess of fortune with all respect to Vaikuntha Lakshmi of course <laughs> but the point is this no? I mean, Vaikuntha Lakshmi herself wanted to attain a particular type of fortune that was not available for her. No? She's Mahalakshmi, supreme goddess of fortune. She wanted to enter Rasa Lila with Krishna. She, she considered her, oh, that will be a fortune for me to be there. But she was not able to, to attain that fortune. Bhagavatam says that. Nayam Sriyan Gauni Tantarati Prasad Swaryostam Nali Naganda Ruchan Kutonya Rasotsa Visyabhujadanda Grihita Kanti Nabdasi Samjauda Gadbraya Sundarina. The favor that the Lakshmis of Vrindavan, gopis, obtained by being embraced, by, by Krishna putting his uh, arms around their necks in Rasa Lila, that favor was not even attained by Lakshmi, the Ma, the supreme goddess of fortune. What to speak on other ladies like celestial planets, heavenly ladies, and people from this world. So. Vishwanath comments that if the Mahalakshmi, the goddess of fortune, couldn't attain that fortune, well, what might be the fortune of those people? So, <laughs> so the point is this verse of the Bhagavatam which says Nanda's house became the playground for Lakshmi, means, like, like saying eventually Sri Radha will be coming here daily to cook for Krishna. <laughs> She's the supreme goddess of fortune. And that's her playground. Daily, she's going to cook, as we explained the other day, for Krishna, because that's what they wanted. The hair of the throne of the cowherds to be strong. Radha had this blessing for cooking everything as nectar. So, you daily have to come to cook for my son. (laughs) As weird as it may sound. (laughs) From the perspective of Jatila, Kutila, and especially Abhiman, (laughs) you want to do <clears throat> so well after this Bhagavan says this to Yogamaya Yogamaya like circumambulates Krishna and departs to to Gokul hmm? so again going just to close we have a few minutes more and we finish so eventually when the seventh son of the Vaki is transferred to Rohini's womb by Yoga Nidra, it is mentioned. No? Yoga Maya, one name for Yoga Maya is Yoga Nidra. What's Yoga Nidra? Nidra means like sleep. So the point is, like, like sleep, Yoga Maya takes everyone's awareness in a particular direction or another. No? Sleep takes our awareness in one sense. Deep sleep takes full awareness. <laughs> other sleep takes some type of awareness, gives some type of awareness, some dream is there. So Yoga Maya also takes our awareness and makes us be aware of something and be unaware of something. And I won't speak now in detail about that, but there are different functions for Yoga Maya. Sometimes showing and sometimes hiding. Required according to the, the necessity of the pastime. Sometimes, no, Yoga Maya, like, like what, when Brahma saw no, Krishna expanding, all the expansions of Krishna in the cowherds and the, and the calves, all as Narayan being worshipped by Brahma it was like such an overwhelming and suddenly Yogamaya after showing that retired that vision with the idea of creating some astonishment even Bimohan not only Mohan Bimohan and when Jashoda was looking at at his son's mouth she, she said uh, the, is there earth there? earth? yeah earth because, well <laughs> no, I didn't eat earth, the earth, but I want to see if there's earth. Okay, you want to see earth, you will see earth. <laughs> so she saw the whole planet earth, and <laughs> so many planets inside the planets, and this like kaleidoscopic vision of one inside the other. So Yogamaya was showing that, and, and eventually she retired that vision. So again, this is the function of Yogamaya, like creating some awareness, creating some ignorance or illusion. So by Yoga Nidra, taking the awareness of everyone, if you will, no? Baladev was transferred 
if you will, Ananta went there, in some other words. So the point is that everyone, because of Yoga Maya's influence, thought, oh, Devaki had a miscarriage. And it started, everyone in Mathura started to cry. Everyone was thinking, oh, most probably the evil comes to perform some black magic in order that this seventh child will be de- dead like this. And so they were lamenting like this. No? It is said that even Debaki herself was lamenting. I mean, she was feeling, I had a miscarriage at one point by the influence of Jogamaya. <laughs> and, and also, it says that, that Rohini herself was like, like amazed of what's going on in her own womb. No? Like she was not like, understanding also. No? So even the residents of Wokul did not know what was going on. That's the point how Jogamaya was like, operating. So eventually, uh, it is mentioned, I think, in Gopal Shampoo, that after, uh, I have to take proper m- numbers here, but it is said like after like 14 months of pregnancy, Baladev was born from Rohini. So that connected, that made the proper timing for him to appear like just nine days before Krishna. So basically that was the idea. And as Guru Maharaj mentioned the other day, no? just brief words about that, but when he was born, uh, in that nine days, nine days in between his birth and Krishna's birth, he was appearing like dull. Dull, you say? Like not acting, not reacting, not smiling, not speaking, not crying, not doing anything. So also everyone was really concerned and uh, the only way that he experienced some joy and happiness was what he was taking in, in, in Jasoda's lap and put just next to her womb. No, Krishna was there. No, so at that point is that Balaram felt some no, relief and joy and happiness started to smile and became alive again, basically. No? So, well, today I basically wanted to share this, these points see, before we go to our next class to we travel to Braj <laughs> and we, we will see in detail again all the background to Nanda and Yashoda's pregnancy and well of course the eventual, eventual birth of Krishna that will happen in a few days so till now we are like on let's say like verse 15 of the second chapter of the Bhagavata so tomorrow we continue about with the uh, genealogical tree of Nanda Maharaj and the background for the for Krishna's birth and the pregnancy of Yashoda. Very nicely, especially depicted in Gopal Shampoo. You have read that recently, imagine, because you are reading that section, but we will go over again with some other points also. So I don't know if there is some question before finishing. Commentaries? <coughs> started with, with, with Parikshit uh, because the, like I said he had Darshan of Krishna in the, mm. in the womb of Uttara mm. and there's that uh, thing when um, Bhishma is waiting for, for Krishna to appear before he passes away Uttarayana exactly. that's, that's like the name of Krishna Uttarayana mm-hmm. which means like that the later travel of the, mm, the sun, but also it means the shelter of Uttara. Mm-hmm. And which means it's like, if he's taking shelter of her, it's, it's, it's not just that he's appearing there, he's taking shelter of her, means like she's the, how do you say? Ashraya? Ashraya Nambana, which means uh-huh. that it's, it's like her Ishtadeva, it's not just any form of Krishna, it's the Krishna of, of Uttara. Mm-hmm. Which also, which like proves further that that's, that's the, like that's the Krishna that Parikshit has a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like confirming more and more that his devotion is mm-hmm. in family, following the line of the family, something like this. Yeah, I will mention a little bit more in detail what you mentioned just with Bhishma because maybe do you know this idea of Uttarayan of Bhishma dying and uh, no, the past no, but there's one nice connection more if will implied meaning. Oh, you know this pastime, of course, you know Mahabharata better than me. <laughs> you very nicely explained that the other day. Very nice but you know this moment when Bhishma is in the bed of arrows, oh, and he's waiting for, apparently for a particular moment, oh, 
of the day, a particular part of the traveling of the sun, will be more appro- most appropriate to depart. Now Krishna speaks a little bit about this, not with that word exactly, but in the eighth chapter of the Gita, how different people live the world. The enlightened ones, the non-enlightened ones, the one who make arrangements to depart some particular moment. Of course, Krishna's conclusion in Bhagavad Gita is for devotees, no need of such calculation, because they will be absorbed in seva, and whatever death comes, well, <laughs> death will find them serving, so next life will find them serving as well. <laughs> However you leave this world, there you will be, and in that way you will be born somewhere else. So, even, I think Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur mentioned at one point that, of course, an advanced devotee, when he leaves the world, he's so much absorbed in seva that he has never realized he has left the world. Because he was totally unaware of this body, leaving this body, another body. His, all, his only awareness is seva, if you will. <laughs> so, he doesn't realize the moment, I am leaving the body. He just continues to say, oh, another lifetime. <laughs> he may not even be aware of that. He continues in that frequency. But in the case of Bhishma, on one level this is was explained. That he was like expecting, waiting for a particular moment where the sun will be in a particular, let's say, position and it will be most suspicious to depart at that point. And this moment is called Uttarayana. So... But again, we, we can like present some like complaint, no? Because Bhishma is one of the great Mahajans and great devotees. So why he's just calculating some astrological calculation there to leave? I mean, he's in a bed of arrows already. That shows he's not ordinary person. I mean, he's there alive and preaching to all. So I mean, why does he need to calculate the position of the sun? It makes no sense, basically. No? Of course, as we know, no. Actually, he was waiting to have darshan of Krishna. No? He was waiting just for that moment to come when Krishna appears, and he is able to look at him, and they cross this, uh, like, sides, eye, eye sides. Um, eventually, to say that even he start to glorify. There are some nice verses there, where Bhishma start to glorify Krishna and to glorify particular Krishna, which is the Krishna in the battlefield that Bhishma himself like experienced and he starts to make a very interesting nice like like comparison between when he was like throwing like ar- ar- arrows at him and some like how do you say that? Yeah, uh, wounds were there and he made this parallel with the wounds of a lover and his beloved wounds from love quarrel love battles like in that same way, I would like to join you for eternity in these love battles, but in, in the battlefield, like a war in, in that particular Bira Rasa, no? if you will, conception. Uh, but the point is that event- eventually he was waiting for Krishna to appear so he could left after having darshan of Krishna. So that's a real conclusion. And the word Uttarayana, which was applied to this planetary constellation, also applies to one name of Krishna. Uttarayana, as, as was Shamananda explaining, has to do with Parikshit being in um, Uttara's <laughs> womb. And what happened there, we spoke, I think, first class here of this cycle. He had darshan of Krishna there. No? So that's the name of Krishna also. No? The one who appears in Uttara's womb, if you will, and gives darshan to Parikshit. So in the same way as Parikshit had darshan, Bhima was wanted to have darshan. Bhishma. Bhishma, sorry. Bhima also. <laughs> Do not deprive him of that. <laughs> Bhishma, specifically in this case, wanted to have darshan of that Uttarayan. So the real meaning of Uttarayan was not so much connected to a planetary position, but to Krishna, who appeared to give darshan at that very crucial moment of Bhishma, which, which was just on the verge of death, similar to Parikshit, he was on the verge of death, on the verge of birth, but on the verge of death because of the Brahmastra that was thrown to him. So, basically, they, in this way we understand how Bhishma was waiting for Uttarayana, but not for the moment of the planet, but for Uttarayana. 
for that person who gave darshan to Pariksit. So what Shamananda was saying is confirms furthermore this idea that Pariksit is the one who takes shelter also. The connecting with Uttara, with Pariksit mothers, and a particular type of devotion coming from that direction, which we also find the Pandavas and whole family lineage serve, serving eternally Bhagavan Sri Krishna in Golok Dwarka. Nice contribution. Thank you. <laughs> so, something else? We're almost done with time, but do you have any other thing? Sorry, you have to figure it out. Yeah, I have to ah, you forgot. Okay. Hmm. You are so shy. <laughs> have to gain your confidence more. That's my task. No problem. It's not your fault. <laughs> Gradual process also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just joking. <laughs> Okay, so we can finish here and tomorrow we, we continue. Shri Gurudev Tita Pavan Ki Jai, Shri Man Mahapur Ki Jai, Shri Am Shri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Shri Shri Dauji Gopal Ji Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Pramanda Ki Jai.